WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. A battle over tax cuts is brewing at the Michigan Capitol. Governor Gretchen Whitmer and Democratic leaders in the House and Senate announced legislation this week that will roll back the retirement tax and increase the working families' tax credit. The governor says rolling back the retirement tax will save a half million Michigan households an average of $1,000 a year or more, while increasing the working families' tax credit will mean about $3,000 or more to many families. Giving people additional support who are working, playing by the rules, and raising families and can't get ahead is our primary concern. So increasing the working family tax credit is an important way that we can get more money in people's pockets. The governor wouldn't give a timeline for when the cuts would be approved. Republican Senate leader Eric Nesbitt said it's important any serious tax cut legislation works to provide relief to all Michiganders to offset high inflation, high grocery prices, high gas prices, and energy costs. The new Gordie Howe International Bridge is taking shape and is expected to be open next year. Speaking on this week's edition of the MDOT podcast, Talking Transportation, the Windsor-Detroit Bridge Authority's Heather Grondin said she's been working on the project for 17 years while it all got started in 2000. It was a long fight before the project got rolling, and now Grondin said 2022 was the busiest construction year yet. This year will be just as busy. When the towers are complete, they'll be about 722 feet. So that's equivalent in height to the center tower at the GM Renaissance Center. They're currently standing. The U.S. tower is at 560 feet. So we're getting very close to that ultimate height. This year, 2023, we expect to hit that ultimate height. Grandin said the bridge was designed with more than transportation in mind as it came with a community benefits plan and more. The inclusion of things like the multi-use path for pedestrians and cyclists. And as a reminder, when the bridge is open, that path will be toll-free. Grandin noted construction didn't stop in the pandemic, although there were days when fewer workers were on site. The Gordie Howe International Bridge will be the longest cable span in North America. Ongoing developments also include the all structures at the ports of entry and construction of the ramps connecting from the U.S. Port of Entry to I-75. One of the area's most popular barbecue spots, Piggin' and Grinnin', will be closing. The restaurant announced Friday that due to the owner, Michael Piaskanowski, having open-heart surgery, the business will close February 18th. In a Facebook post, ownership says they hope to return in 2024. Piggin' and Grinnin', formerly Charlie's Piggin' and Grinnin', started in the downtown Benton Harbor Arts District in 2004 with both takeout and sit-down dining. In recent years, the restaurant's operated in a small drive through building on Cleveland Avenue near Martins. In their social media post, the restaurant says prayers and orders will be welcome until they close. Congressman Tim Wahlberg is hailing passage of a bill to restrict how oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve can be used. The U.S. House this week approved the Protecting America's Strategic Petroleum Reserve from China Act, which would prevent the Secretary of Energy from selling oil from the Strategic Reserve to any entity associated with the Chinese Communist Party. Wahlberg said, said President Biden has used the reserve as a political band-aid. Americans are facing a costly energy crisis because of President Biden's failed policies. Uh, to cover up for his failure, the president has raided our nation's strategic petroleum reserve at a reckless rate, even selling some of it to China. Wahlberg says energy production in the U.S. should be expanded. Legislation preventing the sale of reserve oil to an entity affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party was approved by the House on a vote of 331 to 97.
The Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber will hold its 2023 Business Recognition Awards Ceremony and Annual Meeting on Friday, February 17th at the Lake Michigan College Mendel Center. The Chamber says its guest speaker will be Indiana-Michigan Power Chief Operating Officer Steve Baker. He oversees the company's distribution of operations and a wide range for relationships. He'll talk about operations at INM. Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber President Arthur Havlicek says the Chamber is, quote, excited to work with a great community partner in Indiana-Michigan Power to share key information about what we can expect moving forward with current energy demands on the grid and requirements from both D.C. and Lansing. At the ceremony and meeting, Southwest Michigan businesses will be honored and attendees will hear a recap of 2022 and hear news plan for this year. Early bird tickets are now available online. A movie about a Michigan family is making waves, as it's now on the short list to be nominated for Best Documentary Feature at this year's Academy Awards. Bad Axe tells the story of the Sieve family and the Thumb community of Bad Axe. Chun Sieve came to America from Cambodia, and his family operates Rachel's Restaurant in Bad Axe. The documentary tells the family's story and focuses on troubled times during the pandemic. It felt like building the American dream. And our whole lives just changed, shut down. The film also goes into the hostile politics that emerged in 2020 as a result of the pandemic and social change. My family and many will be changing our restaurant routine, and Rachel's is no longer a choice. You could return to Cambodia for opportunity. Our frustrations with Bad Axe have forced us that much closer together as a family. I look at Bad Axe and I don't ever want to give up on it. Bad Axe was directed by David Sieve, and we'll know if it gets that Oscar nomination on January 24th when the nominations are announced. Bad Axe was featured on Good Morning America this week, and you can rent it on several streaming services. The Sulocks in Sault Ste. Marie will shut down on Sunday, closing to marine traffic through March 25th. Leanne Rakiem is the Sulocks operations manager. The Polock is the one that is, is going down this Sunday. It is 55 years old, so it is aging infrastructure that we use this time to do lots of major maintenance projects that will continue in our reliability for operating during the nav season. She says the Polock will be dewatered for maintenance work, but not the MacArthur Lock. The Polock will reopen March 25th, and the Mar- MacArthur Lock will reopen April 24th. A new Polock won't be ready until 2030. And an event will be held on Monday to raise money for an athletic complex planned in Benton Harbor. Everyone's invited to stop by the Renaissance Athletic Club for an open house fundraiser for the Harbor Impact Foundation. It's raising funds for a state-of-the-art indoor sports facility. The plan is for the facility to house up to six basketball courts, an indoor football field, a track around the football field, mental health counselor rooms, tutoring, and a STEM academy, among other things. The open house Monday will be at the Renaissance Athletic Club from uh, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. and will include a raffle with prizes like tickets to uh, sporting events as well as a signed jersey from Wilson Chandler. You can find out more about the planned sports facility at harborimpactfoundation.org. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. The discovery of additional government documents from President Biden's time as the vice president is challenging the White House, which says it's cooperating with the investigation into the matter. Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed a special counsel to look into the situation. There were more questions today at the White House Daily Briefing, more from 
ABC's Mary Bruce. The White House is very aware that this could be politically toxic for them. You know, they've been having a good run recently, and they knew they were going to be facing tough investigations from Republicans on the border, potentially even on Hunter Biden. But now this, this is just a big shoe to drop, another sort of series of investigations that they're going to have to brace for. And they're going to have to walk a fine line here between cooperating, of course, with the Department of Justice, with this special counsel, but also cooperating uh, with House Republicans. And there's going to be moments where that's going to be tough, where it's going to be awkward. There are now two special counsels investigating the president's handling of classified documents. One has been named to investigate the presence of classified documents at President Joe Biden's Delaware home and Washington office. Attorney General Merrick Garland described the appointment Thursday as underscoring the Justice Department's commitment to independence and accountability in especially sensitive investigations. Garland used identical language last year to announce the appointment of a special counsel to investigate former President Donald Trump's handling of classified documents at his Florida home. The department is confronting something unprecedented in modern history, simultaneous special counsel probes related to two presidents. The flu is still circulating, but overall numbers are coming down. More from ABC's Brian Clark. This year's flu season started earlier than usual, which led to a big early season spike. But those numbers are coming down. One month ago, 26 states, Washington, D.C., and New York City reported very high levels of flu activity. This week, only New Mexico and New York City say they have very high levels of flu activity. That's according to the CDC, which says the overall hospitalization rate for this point in the season still at its highest level in at least a decade. Brian Clark, ABC News. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has notified Congress the U.S. is projected to reach its debt limit on Thursday and then will resort to extraordinary measures to avoid default. Those measures include delaying some payments to provide some headroom to make other payments that are deemed essential, like those for Social Security and debt instruments. Yellen said Friday, while her department can't estimate how long extraordinary measures will allow the U.S. to continue to pay the government's obligations, quote, it is unlikely that cash and extraordinary measures will be exhausted before early June. There is a date for this year's State of the Union. ABC's Karen Travers has more. President Biden has accepted an invitation from House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to deliver the State of the Union address on Capitol Hill on Tuesday, February 7th. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre said in a statement, the president looks forward to speaking with Republicans, Democrats, and the country about working to continue building the economy, boosting competitiveness, keeping Americans safe, and bringing the country together. This will be the president's first address to Congress with Republicans controlling the House. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. After days of fierce fighting, Russia claims that it's captured the contested town of Solodar, which could pave the way for further advances in Ukraine. More from ABC's Tom Rivers. Russian Defense Ministry spokesman Igor Konoshenkov says control of the town in Donetsk province was completed Thursday evening. The move, he adds, makes it possible now to cut off supply lines for Ukrainian forces in the town of Bakhmut. Claims over 700 Ukrainian soldiers were killed in the fighting over just the past few days. A school superintendent says administrators at the Virginia school where a first grader shot his teacher last week learned the child may have had a weapon in his possession before the shooting, but did not find the 9mm handgun he brought despite searching his backpack. School System Superintendent George Parker told parents Thursday in an online meeting a school official was notified about the weapon before the six-year-old shot the teacher at Richneck Elementary in Newport News. A spokesperson for the school district said the student's backpack was searched right after the tip was received. Police said today they were not told about the tip before the shooting occurred. 
And tonight's Mega Million jackpot is $1.35 billion. And growing, the jackpot hasn't been won since October. Morph maybe sees Alex Stone. You may be one of those who rolls her eyes at the thought of playing the lottery, but plenty of Americans are dreaming today, and you know the cliches, you can't win if you don't play, $2 and a dream, all of those. In Milwaukee, there's a lot of dreaming. I think I'd buy, I think I'd buy land up north. Yeah. I think I'd build a cabin or something up there. And while Friday the 13th may not seem lucky, six Mega Millions jackpots have been won on Friday the 13th, four of them in Michigan. Alex Stone, EBC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.